This is a developing topic in my mind, but I would like to share it anyway. Amen? And I pray that even as I share it, you and I will continue to develop it within ourselves. Amen? So I do not stand here as an authority to what, of what I'm going to talk about. So don't look at me and say, where is the scripture for that one? I'm just sharing with us. Amen? Can I share with us? Ah, thank you. Thank you. There is one of the, I think about two miracle Sundays ago, uh, Pastor Joshua was sharing about the wounds of Jesus. Do you remember that? Was anyone in the house? You remember? We talked about the crown on his head. Yes? We talked about the thorn in his, the, the, the nail in his left and the nail in his right hand. Amen? You remember? Then we talked about the, na- the rib. I always think it's even just the heart. It's, it's so, anyway, graphic. But, uh, and then we talked about the nail on the left foot and, and the right foot. And then we talked about the stripes on his back. And those are like the major wounds. They are also minor wounds. <laughs> Isn't it? There are also minor wounds. There are many, many other injuries that he... Nobody even talks about the, the, the carrying of the cross. I don't think his hands were the same at the beginning of the journey and the end. I don't think his feet were the same at the beginning of the journey and the end. Gruesome was his death. But in that service, in that service, something hit me. Today I want to focus on the crown of thorns on his head. Because that really hit me. And I'd like to share from my life. And I hope that it ministers to you. When I was, um, I think I was eight years old. Around eight, six, seven. Around Maya's age anyway, my oldest. And uh, we were having trouble at home. Trouble in my mother and father's marriage. And uh, it's a... a polygamous setting, but it sometimes declares that it's monogamous, and then sometimes it becomes polygamous. Who knows what I'm talking about? Eh? Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, if you're not, if you don't understand, there are those moments in parents' marriages where finally you think mom and dad have settled down, and then before you know it, there's another child walking through the door. And their eyebrows look like you. Their eyes look like you. <laughs> they walk like you. You know, they have that walk that no matter who your mother is, we are the same. Yeah? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? It was a tough season for me, I think. And uh, it came with a lot of cruelty because my father's household my father's siblings, so to speak, were divided on which wife should be the wife. 
I know that's a whole other topic on how in-laws influence the household. But I want to give you the story from a child's perspective because I was the child in this story. And uh, sometimes whoever is for your mother will be nice to you and whoever is against your mother. And by the way, if you met my mother, I look exactly like my mother. Oh, she looks exactly like me. Who came first? Yeah? <laughs> who copied who? So I look, I look a lot like my mom. And uh, oftentimes some of my father's siblings or cousins or anyone on that side that did not like my mom took it out on me. In a way. They're either rude... Or like mean, you know, like people come and suddenly you think something is wrong. You don't know what's wrong. But at eight years old, you can only process so much. So a time came when... Uh, anyway, many things happened. We had uh, stepbrothers, siblings coming and living with us for some time. And, and I, I'm still trying to figure out who this is. And then another one shows up. I mean, it was, it was really a story. But today we're one big happy family. So don't hold it against my siblings when they walk through here. You say, was it that one? No. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, I, as a child, I wanted to kill myself. And... Uh, it was tough. It was a lot of things just started growing or developing mentally. I, I, I didn't know what depression is. I didn't know all those things. But in my heart, in myself, I thought maybe if I die, then daddy will pay more attention. Fickle understanding, isn't it? Maybe if I do something... Maybe everyone would just stop and do the right thing. So because I did not know what kills a human being, and this is a funny story, so don't feel, don't feel so sorry. Um, <laughs> we used to have, so sometimes when dad, dad was not around, as in not around, I'm not saying he's gone to work and he's coming back. It's one of those he's disappeared for like another four months, five months. And now we don't have enough food, so we'd leave off porridge. Hmm? Ujia. And I actually like uji. I stuff it in my daughter's throat and they're like, Mommy, why do you like porridge? <laughs> you have to finish your porridge, you know? So, <laughs> so I used to, we would be given a cup of porridge. And uh, so one time I go behind the house and I thought that grass, you know this nyasi, the compound, compound ordinary grass. I thought it killed somebody. So I chunered. A lot of it, I stuffed it in my porridge. True story. Stuffed it in my porridge. The porridge became green. You know, eh? Then I drank it. Chewed it like card. Like, I'm expecting to die the next day. I did not even get a running stomach. I was so disappointed. I didn't even get a running stomach. I didn't even vomit or, you know, some sickness. Maybe then they'll give me fried eggs. You know how when you're sick, that's when now you get a bit more attention. Mm, 
she has a fever and you also put there your head like <laughs> I'm so miserable. You know, but it's all in the thirst for attention. It's all in the seeking for who am I? Why was I born? The question of identity mentally bothers many of us. The question of why we were born bothers many of us. But he took on a crown of thorns that you might be able to wear a crown that speaks better things than a crown of thorns. I went into different phases of my life. We would sit here for a long time if I were to tell all the stories. But one of my biggest struggles as an individual was low self-esteem. Yes. I might seem very confident, loud and everything. It's a cover-up. It's a big word. It's a big cover-up for some time. So you had to be extra dramatic to really catch the attention of someone. It's paying off right now because I'm using it properly. <laughs> but back then, it was war. It was war for the attention. It was war for the love. It was war for approval. Do I go? Do I not go? What if uncle so-and-so shows up? The whole thing changes. Why? Because you don't have favor. Is my faith going to be a problem to them again? The sound of my voice, the way I pronounce words is exactly like my mom. Don't get me wrong. She's not evil. Not to me at least. But I don't understand why they don't like her. And now I have to honor them. And now I have to be nice to them. One of them used my toothbrush for crying out loud. You know when you host relatives and then you left your toothbrush in the bathroom and then you come to brush and then it's wet. Like I've not yet brushed. And it already has toothpaste. Who used my toothbrush? Only to know uncle so and so walked in and left. And it's those little things that give hatred in your spirit. It's those little things that make you despise the roots from which you were born. Why do I need them to like me? You need it so bad that you're willing to sell so much for it. You need it so bad that you cover up very painful things just because you don't want to upset the house. There was molestation, sexual molestation. Eight years old. There was battering of words and things that happened to you. To a point where you, your mind grows up in defense mode. You don't see adults as adults. You don't see adults as a shield. You don't see adults as a place for refuge. You see them as a battlefield. You weigh them from afar. You cautiously smile at them <laughs> because you don't know if they're coming to your room at night. They shake your hand, but they say much more 
than the ones around you can see. And then how do you ask me to trust God? Who is God? (laughs) The people I see. You tell me God is a father. I have no understanding of who he is. You say Jesus is, is, a, is a friend is, is who sticks closer than a brother. If you've never had a brother stick close, how can that make sense to you? And the list down that tunnel is endless. But the scars that it creates mentally for you, for me, the war of understanding, the war of appreciating. Let them mean, but not too close. Be accountable, but not, don't give too many of your details. Yes, mom and dad eventually got wedded. Yes, we are together with my siblings. Yes, the very one who tormented me in the night was the first to get saved in the household. And now he's talking to me about Jesus. But he won't say sorry. Thoughts and thoughts go round and round in our minds. That's my story. Your story may be different. But in the end, we deal with so many things in our heads. So many things in our minds. Why do I do this? Why do they do that? Why am I like this? Why is this my height? Why aren't I any bigger? Why am I very small? Why, why, why? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? Who do I count on? We often sing that there's no other name above Jesus, isn't it? Last night something interesting hit me mentally. The name of somebody is Pretty much who they are or is supposed to be who they are, isn't it? It's supposed to speak of the grace they have on them. It's it's supposed to speak of something they keep exhibiting. Yeah? If your name is peace, we should expect some some peacemaker in you. You know, not entirely, but you probably came in a time of peace, so you're supposed to represent peace. Whatever motivation your parents had in naming you peace. Your name is a kind of crown on your head. Jesus took on a crown of thorns to buy your name. He took on a crown of thorns to minimize the war of identity in your mind. We spent the whole week talking about purpose. We spent the whole week talking about reality. The question of who am I lingers on in your head. Am I approved, you ask? Is it okay? Will I be forgiven? A lot of what goes on in our heads affects the way we behave around people. Affects the things we say. We often look at the cross as something that only touches your body, you know, you're sick, malaria, he paid for that, cancer, he paid for that. But today I want to say that the crown of thorns on his head 
paid for your name. Your name is who you are. Your name is what you exhibit. It's your domain. It's your domain. It's who, it's what you, you demonstrate. We talk about it in terms of personality. She's the kind of person who runs away from, from, from conflict. She's the kind of person who goes for it. Don't start a fight with so and so. Why? Because it's in them to be a warrior. But if that energy was channeled the right way, how much more territory would that person take for the kingdom? If that understanding of pain was managed in that person, how much more territory would they take on for the kingdom? But for the joy set before him, Jesus endures the cross. What is the joy that the pain of being sexually molested as a child can make me relate to a woman who's been raped? That every scar in my spirit, every scar in my head is a weapon. That if he can show me that this thing I consider negative is a weapon I can use. Then my crown of thorns becomes a crown of jewels. That every weapon I have taken on to impress, I can use it before his throne. That a father actually cares about me. Actually cares about you. That a father looks for your needs is in anticipation. You know that scripture that talks about he cares about you. To care about someone. I was listening to Miles Munro and he illustrated it and said, To care about someone is to anticipate what this person might need and take care of it before they ask. God anticipates what you need and is taking care of it before you ask. Even in the trenches, ask me how. He knows that, yes, it may be a scar for now, but later it will be a weapon. You're going to need that weapon as you deal with people. You're going to need that weapon to understand pain. You're going to need that weapon to know suicidal people. Whatever your story is, every scar in your life is a weapon. Every transformation of your mind, we ascribe to the crown of thorns on his head. Our motivation is sanctified by the crown of thorns on his head. Our understanding of the Father is sanctified by the crown of thorns on his head. Our ability to stand upright and not be afraid is accounted to the crown of thorns on his head. Everything that your mind controls was paid for by the crown. Every confusion that has come to you, I declare to you, was paid for by the crown. 
So he has taken a crown of thorns that you might have a real crown. And that's why we say, crown him with many crowns. That's why we say, we cast our crowns before him. A crown gives you dominion. A crown gives you power. A crown gives you authority. A crown gives you access. A crown brings you honor. And yet we choose to cast it before his throne. Why? Because it was the thorns that activated the crown on your head. It was the thorns that activated the faith you now speak of more than what he is. If you don't have a reason to praise God, I want you to praise him on my behalf this afternoon. Because the word, the Lord transformed my life. I'm not there yet. But the healing that he gave, the deliverance that he sent, he sent different people to reach out to you, to reach out to me in different ways just to bring me to this place. I had completely different plans for my life. And yet here I am talking to you. Not that it's a bad thing, but every single one of you carries a crown, carries authority because of the crown on his head. There is an exchange that you can do. Your thorns for his crown. For he has called us joint heirs. He has called us to a place of dominion. To rise above it. And rule with him. That's part of what it means to be a son of God. Psalm 30 verse 11 says, For you have turned my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and guarded me with gladness so that my glory may sing praise to you and not to be silent. You have turned my mourning into what? Into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth. You have put off my shame. You have put off my pain. And clothed me with gladness. I'm literally oozing with gladness. Not because I knew what to do about it. But because the curtain was torn to give me access for healing. I don't have to do more sacrifices than I already have in trying to cleanse myself. So when we lift our hands this afternoon, and we're going to do that, let it be from a point of understanding that my mind was paid for. So the traffic in your head better speak of the sacrifice that was given. You can't allow yourself to be subjected to more than what was paid for. I 
I thank God I didn't know what kills a human being because I was so determined. Ignorance saved my life. I should write a book on that, isn't it? Ignorance saved my life. (laughs) But God is so merciful. God is so wonderful. God is so forgiving. He transforms. This afternoon, I was telling a friend that the reason we come is not so much the word. It's to connect with him. And I'd like us to do that. There's been so much word spoken. So many declarations made at this altar. But there's no one else who can connect with Jesus the way you connect with him. I connect with him differently. Everyone in this room has a praise that has a different flavor. It's different for every one of us. So tonight, as we move on into worship, as we move on into praise, as we move on into prayer, don't limit yourself to where you're seated or to who you're next to or what you think is acceptable. We have a lot of room in this place. And I want you to take off that crown of thorns. Thorns that pierce you and say you are not worthy. Thorns that pierce you and say you are not able. Thorns that say your mind cannot retain information. Thorns that say who are you? Who do you think you are? And take on the crown that says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. My mercy for you is new every morning. I look forward to spending time with you. Adam, where are you? Let's allow him to clean up our minds. Let's allow him to exchange that crown of thorns that's tangled up in our heads, that misunderstanding, that misconception of people, of men for the ladies, of women for the men, that twisted mind that makes you see a good fruit as a disease, that misunderstanding of your scars, a weapon in your hand, and yet you let them be chains. In this atmosphere, we activate the power of the thorns on your head, Lord Jesus. To do a cleansing, to do a shift of our minds, O God. To know that you have called us, that you are good Father, that your plans for us are for good and not for evil. That your plans for us are to lift us to another place. To give us an expected end that we were created for something bigger than our pain. We were created for something bigger than our neighbors. Our reputation is beyond what we see. You've called us to be hidden in the cleft of the rock. Lift up your hands if you may. Connect with him. Connect with him. Speak to Jesus. If not for you, speak to him for your brother. 
Speak to him for your friend, for your sister. There are people out there whose minds are broken because of the experience of their lives. There's no need to be dignified. There's only one worthy of worship. There's no need to be ashamed. It's already been paid for. There's no need to be ashamed. Yes, He can transform you. Yes, He can heal you. You ask, but what about this? Yes, the crown paid for that too. Give us another name, the Bible says in Revelations. And there were new names written on their forehead. There were new names written on their forehead. When Jesus meets Peter, he transformed him by giving him a different name. Give him a different understanding of who he is. There's no one that's going to do this battle for you. You're right in the middle of it. Connect with Jesus. He is calling out. Calling out to you. He says, come let's reason together. Come let's reason together. Though your sins are scarlet. Whiter than snow. Come to Him. Today we surrender our minds. Surrender our understanding. Take us deeper in You. Take us deeper in You, Lord. Somebody pray, somebody pray. Jesus. Somebody pray, somebody pray. We have the victory in the name of Jesus. We have the victory in the name of Jesus. We have the victory, we have the victory, we have the victory. Lord, give us a different eyesight today. Give us a different eyesight, my Father, that goes beyond our understanding, that goes beyond our experience. Give us a different eyesight for the souls around us. Open your heart to the Lord. Yes, in this place, an angelic ministration is going on. Telling you, yes, even that mindset can be healed. Yes, even that attitude can be changed. Yes, even that thing that you think cannot be broken. Every stronghold can be broken in the name of Jesus. 